live. We'd like to say good morning to everyone. We'd like to say good morning to our online community, to those that are around the world uh, that are hearing us this morning, this little voice of mine. We just, we thank and praise God for you, your listening ear. And as always, I'm always either praying or waiting to hear what God has to say. And we've got a feedback. Uh, somebody can, okay, we're good maybe. All right. You see how the adversary likes to get in stuff? <laughs> but he's stupid. He's stupid. He's stupid. Now, all right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's just, it's just a distraction. That's what that was, just a distraction. So we're going to go to the book of Philippians. We're going to go to the book of Philippians. It's where we're going to begin in the book of uh, Philippians. And I'm learning in my, I'm learning in my days, late days in my life, to know what's important. And then um, I've learned how to discover. I've learned how to discover some things. I've learned how to discover some things. And the title of our message this morning from the book of Philippians, and we're going to be in chapter number three, it is called The Great Discovery. The Great Discovery. The Great Discovery. And we're going to begin at verse number 13. Here Paul, Paul is, Paul is speaking. And he um, finds himself at a place, and he begins to review or do inventory, inventory. And in verse number 13, in Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 13 says, Brothering, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before me. I thought we were going to have the scriptures up, but uh, for those who have your Bibles, Philippians Chapter number 3 and verse number 13, he's saying, Paul is saying, brothering. First thing he's doing, he says, I count. In other words, he is taking inventory. He is taking inventory. He's taking inventory. And then he says that uh, I count myself not to have apprehended. Apprehended means possessed. He has not possessed. But then he goes on to say that, but this one thing, but this one thing I do. Hmm. One thing he does. This one thing. This is this one thing he says I do. After he, after he reviews inventory, after he takes inventory of his life, he goes on and he says that, this one thing, not a whole lot of things. 
but one thing he says I do. And then he says, I'm forgetting. Now, the Greek word for that word forgetting means to lose out of mind. To lose out of mind. He said, I'm forgetting. I'm, I'm, you know how it is when somebody says, I forgive you, but I, I can't forget it? They didn't lose out of the mind. Because once it's lost out of the mind, it's no longer there. But what he says now, he says, I am forgetting. I am forgetting. I am losing out of my mind those things. He's specific. Those things which are behind. Those things which are behind. Those things that are behind. See, the picture that he sees as a runner, because you're talking about Grecians, you're talking about Greece, is that he can't afford to look behind or around to see who is lingering behind or how much ground he has been, how much ground has been covered or have his attention diverted even for a moment hmm. because whatever is behind him may hinder him and it might cause him to lose his crown. So we can't be, detract, be distracted. Can't be distracted. That's what Paul is saying. He said, I, I, I got to let this stuff I got to put it behind me. I can't even worry about my past battles. I can't worry about my, my victories. He says, I've got to put all that behind me because when I get to beginning to focus on those things, they may even become a hindrance to me. And see, anytime anything becomes a hindrance to us, it can cause us to lose our crown. But he was, he's discovering some things about life. He's, he is discovering some things. You got to lose, lose, let it go from your mind. Because, see, until we let it go from our minds, then we can't discover what is set before us. Hmm. And then he says in verse number 14, in Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hmm. He say he pressed. He can't afford to focus on all the, the difficulties that the journey he's had on his journey. He can't afford that. So he has to focus on the accomplishments that are set before him. Hmm. He says, I press. He says, I pursue. Hmm. He says, not only do I pursue, but he says, I have to apply force because anytime you get ready to go forward, 
you're going to always have some resistance, right? Anytime that you are going forward, that's why he says, I, I press. He says, I've got to apply force because what I'm trying to reach and where I am trying to go, he says, I am going to find some resistance. Amen. So, so when we apply force, we have to because what is ahead of us is our goal. Our goal, our goal is the prize. So you can't allow anything to distract. You can't allow anything to distract us. Now, we have to always understand that in our pressing, there is always going to be a fight. There's always going to be a fight. Now, let's go to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. In our pressing, that to understand, there's always going to be a fight. There's always going to be a fight because you, you, that there's some resistance going on there. And we have to make sure that we're able to move forward in what God is saying for us to do. Second Timothy chapter number 4, and looking at verse uh, 7 and 8. Paul has, he's speaking to, to, to Timothy, and he says this. He says, I have fought a good fight. See, to, 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 to make it, to get your prize, to get your crown, you've got to fight. Because the adversary does not want you to receive your crown. So Paul said, he says, I have fought a, look, not just an ordinarily fight, but he says, I have fought a good fight. And then he says, I have finished my course. I finished my assignment. And he says, I have kept the faith. Now, when he says all that, because he says in his mind, he understands he has to have singleness of eye. In order to secure the prize, he has to renounce everything that will cause him or prevent him from gaining the prize. Anything that's in the way, anything, anything that's in the way, anything that's in the way, he says now, he says, I've got to fight. I've got to, I got to apply force. I've got to apply force. Because he's, he's about to discover some things. Now, looking at verse number 8 in 2 Timothy, chapter number 8, this is what Paul says. He says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. Paul says, now I, I've got to, I've got to 
I've got to keep focus. He says, I've got to be focused. So therefore, I've got to press. I've got to press. What am I pressing toward? I am pressing toward the high calling. That high calling is in Christ Jesus. He's pressing toward the high calling. And the only way you can find it is in Christ. Now, what is the high calling? What is the high calling? What is it? What is the high calling? Now, let's look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Let's look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. Paul says now, he says, <laughs> I love this. I love the scripture. I love it. That high calling. He's talking about that high calling. So what is the high calling? And when we go into 1 Peter, looking at chapter number 1, looking at verses 15 and 16, this is what it says. It says, but as he which have called you, he that has called us. What does the Bible say? He is what? He's holy, right? First Peter chapter 1, verse number 15. He says that, but as he which have called you is holy, God, Christ, he's holy. Then he says, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Hmm. That high calling huh, is to be holy. And when you look at verse number 16, verse number 16 in chapter number 1, it says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. That's a high calling, right? Be ye holy. That's what God says. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Hmm. And so the Lord says, never be satisfied with anything less than perfect holiness. Don't be satisfied with anything less than perfect holiness. Hmm. Don't be satisfied with anything less than perfect perf, perfection or perfectness. That word perfect there in the Greek, it means complete. All right? It means complete. When you go into in the, in the Bible and you look knowing that it's written in Greek, that word perfect there means complete. Now, Here's the catcher. It says this. This is what the Lord says. We are not without flaws. Being perfect does not mean to be without flaws. It means to be complete. It doesn't mean to be without flaws. 
Because the only way to be without flaws is through Christ Jesus. So this is how we're able to be complete is in Christ Jesus. Amen. It has nothing to do with our own merit. Now, let, 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 let's look at this. Let's go to the book of uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter number 5. St. Matthew. Let's go to St. Matthew chapter number 5. St. Matthew chapter number 5. We're going to have to deal with this perfect Matthew chapter number 5. And we're going to look at verse number 48. St. Matthew. Remember now, the word perfect, the Greek meaning of the word perfect there. It means complete. And the only way we can be complete because we are not flawless is through Christ Jesus. Now, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 48 says, Be ye therefore perfect, be complete, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. I can't do it on my own merit. I can't do it that way. It won't, it won't happen that way. It's only by being in Christ Jesus. Why? Because when he does not see us, he sees the blood of his son. He sees the blood of his son. So we are complete in Christ Jesus. We're complete in Christ Jesus. We're complete there. All right? Now, how do I, okay, one other scripture. How do I get to, to the high calling of God, okay? How do, get to, how do I get to that place where Paul discovered? Now, let's go to the book of Isaiah. Because I can't, remember we talked about we can't, we can't do it in our own merit, right? We can't do it in our own righteousness. So let's look at Isaiah chapter number 64. 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 Looking at verse number 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. We have all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are like what? Filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquity, like the wind, have taken us away. So our own righteousness is like filthy rags. So therefore, we need Christ Jesus. Our righteousness is found in Christ. That's where our righteousness is found. We're made complete. We're made complete in him. We're made complete in him. Now, we're going to go to the book of Colossians. I skipped the, I skipped the verse. We're going to go to the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. So we can get something that's added to understanding about 
when God was saying being perfect, being perfect, being perfect, being complete in him. Here's the scripture to back this up. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 28. It says, Paul is those they are talking. He says, when we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man, what? Perfect, complete, where? In Christ Jesus. If you're not in Christ Jesus, you cannot be completed. You have to be in Christ. Because that's the only way we're going to make it. Because in our sinful state, there is no way for us to enter in. We've got too many flaws. So we need Christ Jesus. We need Christ because we have flaws. We have flaws. We need Christ Jesus. Amen? We need Christ. See, Paul is discovering some things. He's, it's like he does a, a, a review of his life. He, he does an inventory. He, he looks at what he's, where he's not, but he discovers how to get there. He says, I have not apprehended. In other words, he says, I've, I have not arrived. But then he goes down. How, and once again, how do you get to that high calling? Yes, being holy in God. And we can only do that through Christ Jesus. To be complete in God. We can only do that through Christ Jesus. But then he does a review. And I love the review. Philippians, going back to Philippians. Philippians chapter number 3. Going back to Philippians. Let's see what he does because he's trying to get somewhere. He's trying to get somewhere and we all are trying to get somewhere. Amen. We're having to press. We're having to apply force because there is resistance so that we won't be able to get our crown. See, that's what it's that's what it's about now. It's about achieving the prize that is set before us. We, we've got to do some reaching. We've got to do some stretching because it has to become uncomfortable. Anytime you reach, it's, you're going to be uncomfortable. And we can never be satisfied at the place where we are. Can never be satisfied there. Now, Back to Philippians chapter number 3. Let's look at what Paul reviews. He began to review his own life. Hmm. He started beginning to look at things that's in the flesh. When I say flesh, I don't mean the flesh which we allow the sin flesh, but those things that he had acquired, okay? Now, Philippians chapter number 3, and we're going to begin reading at verse number 5. We're going to do verse number 5. Verse, start with verse number 5. He goes down this list, his accomplishments in his life. He says that he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. He was from the stock of Israel. 
He was from the tribe of Benjamin, and he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. And then he says, as touching the law, he said he was a Pharisee. We're going to keep that up. We're going to deal with this circumcision. He said he was circumcised the eighth day. Now, you need to write this down um, because that's a covenant flesh, a covenant of the flesh. You want to write down for your notes Genesis chapter number 17, verse 9 through 14. And it tells you about the covenant that was made between God and man. It was the cutting away of the flesh. That was the covenant uh, agreement of the flesh. Even when you look at Luke chapter number 2, verse number 2, you need to write that one down. Even Christ himself, even Jesus' parents brought him to the temple and he was circumcised on the eighth day. It was a covenant agreement between God and man. That's powerful. That's what they did back under the law. That that was the thing that had to be done. Hmm. He said, I did that. I, I did that. That was one of my accomplishments that I did. Now, we're going back, going back with the same verse. Put that verse right back up. The next thing he talks about is he says, He's from the stock of Israel. He began to talk about his birthright. He said, I'm from the stock. I'm from the stock of Israel. Hmm. And then if you want to see some other things pertaining to Paul, write down this scripture. Acts chapter 22, verse number 3. 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 22. Paul was saying that he came from a pure bloodline. A pure bloodline. Pure stock. He was not a proselyte. In other words, he was not converted from one from one faith to another. He said he was pure stock. This was what is in his resume. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is in his resume. He, he pulls out, his, he pulls out his, his birthright. And then he says, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, they were known for their courage. They were known for their courage. They might have been the smallest tribe But they had a warrior spirit. These are his credentials. These are Paul's credentials. Credentials. He says now, I'm a Hebrew. I'm a Jew. And he says, touching the law. He said, I'm a Pharisee. That's all that's in his resume. Now, you got to understand about the Pharisees. See, they was the strictest set. Of religion. You go to Acts, something you want to write down, Acts chapter number 26, verse number 5. They, when it came down to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were the strictest of them all. They were very strict. Paul's laying out. He's laying out. Huh. He's laying out his resume. He's laying it out. All of his accomplishments, all of his accomplishments. 
He was laying out. Hmm. But then he talks about him having zeal. Verse 6, he talks about concerning zeal. He, he had the zeal. And he says that he persecuted the church. All of this is part of his resume. And then he says, touching the righteousness which is in the law, he says, I'm blameless. He studied upon a man by the name of Gamaliel. Y'all excuse me, that's the reason why my speech is where it is. Not that I'm sick, but it's because something else I'm doing. Amen. It's something else that, that the Lord has me doing. Amen. But but he gives he gives he gives his resume all of his accomplishments. Hmm. He gives his resume all of his accomplishments. And look what he says now in verse number seven. But what things were gained to me. Those I counted loss for Christ. All that didn't matter. All of his credentials. He got to a point where, and this is where every believer has to get to. He had gotten to a point that all those things that he had accomplished or he had gained, he says, gain, because to him that was meaning those things that will have been profitable in today's world. You know, your status, who y'all, whose family you were born in and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Where you got educated in, all of that, all of that, all of that. He went down, he went down the list. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Maybe I can, you can say I can use this one. Okay. Y'all know who Rockefeller is, right? First, we can say, well, I could have been born in Rock the Rockefeller's family and have a whole lot of money. I could be rich. That blood, don't you know, depends in this world, in this world, in this world, it's not so much, I'm talking about, I don't mean in the, in the world of, of the believer with Christ Jesus, but in this world, some things you can't get unless you know somebody. And there are some people that can open the door for you. But Paul said, listen, I count all of my accomplishments, even my bloodline, I count it as loss. And the reason why, he said, that's not a game to me anymore. He, he discovered something. He woke up. He woke up. He woke up. He woke up. He said, those things don't even matter anymore. Even though they may appear to be profitable, he says, no. He said, I count all of those things as lost so I can gain Christ. See, this is where, we, this is where every believer, I don't want to leave my notes. This is where every believer, this is where we all got to get to. We got to let go, lose it from our mind. Everything we're trying to get, buy, whatever, because it's temporal. It's going away. The key, the main thing that we need to do is 
put our mind to the point where Paul put his mind is, all those things are worthless to me. I have no use for them. What I want is to gain Christ. I, he says, I count all of those things as lost. He went to the best of schools. That didn't matter. What mattered to him now was gaining Christ. And that's where we, that is where our focus needs to be, to gain Christ. Nothing else but to gain Christ. We have to reach that point, that point, that point. We have to reach. I read this thing about Paul, and I just felt that thing all up in my spirit. I tell you, I don't know if they even have enough tissue paper to dry the tears and all this stuff that was and everything else. Because we got to get to that place. And I said, God, I want to get to that place that I can let everything go so I can gain more of him. That's who he was. That's his, his mindset. And then he says, Mm-mm-mm-mm. Verse number 8, he says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Then he says, my Lord. He was willing to discard everything so that he can come to an understanding of have more knowledge of Christ Jesus. And then he says, my Lord. He moved to another place in his thinking. He said, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency. He was wanting something for the excellency to excel of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And then he says something very powerful. For whom I have suffered the loss of how many things? All things. And then he even goes even better, and he says, And do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. He said, I suffered the loss of all things. Have we lost all things for Christ? He was willing to let it all go so he could connect. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. So he could connect. He wanted to know more, more about Christ. Mm. Glory be to God. This thing down, in the Greek it says it means what's thrown to the dogs, what's discarded. It says, by other living beings, it has no value <laughs> compared to knowing Christ. The body of Christ, we have a ways to go, don't we? We have a ways to go. I looked at that. He lets us know that he had lost everything. 
But that didn't matter. His ultimate goal was to win Christ. What is our ultimate goal? What, what, what is our ultimate goal? Lord said, Brenda, what is your ultimate goal? Can you let all of that go so you can know more of me or win me? I had to, what they say, face the music. <laughs> I had to dance to his tune, not Brenda's tune. Because, you know, we do like little trinkets. I, 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 I do. <laughs> you know. You know how it is. You know. You, you, you know. I don't know how it is. You know, we like them little trinkets. We do. But he says now, that don't matter. He said, it's like dawn. All that he acquired, he counted it as dung. He discarded it. Wasn't no good. It had no value. It had no more importance to him. What was most important, what he discovered was he was missing out on knowing the fullness of God. The fullness of God. He said, I, wanna, I want to win, win Christ. And then, then he goes on and says, in verse number 9, in, in Philippians chapter 3, he goes on, he goes on and he says, and be found in him. You know, the Bible does say that we are hid in Christ Jesus. He said, I want to be found in him. And then he goes on and he says, not having mine own righteousness. You know, we do have our own righteousness. We do have that. He said, I don't want to have my own righteousness anymore, which is of the law. But then he says, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He says, I don't, I don't want my own righteousness. He says, I want the righteousness of God. Christ put us in right standing with God. That's what he said. He says, I want the righteousness of God. You know, Paul did a lot of things he talks about in, the, in his resume. He told me he had a zeal. He persecuted the church. Anybody that called on the name of Jesus, he persecuted them. Anybody that was walking in what they call at that time, the way, the way, the way had to do with Christ Jesus. He persecuted them. Got a ladder. Killing folk. He had a zeal. He thought he was right, but he was wrong. He came to the understanding until God knocked him off. That spirit of pride sent the light, light from heaven. Do you not know God will knock us off our horse we riding? He'll do that just to open our eyes so that we may know him. Oh, God. He says now, he says now, 
Verse 10, this is our last verse. I think it is. <laughs> he said, I heard somebody say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Verse number 10 is this. It says, Philippians chapter number 3, he says, that, this, this is the kicker. He says, that I may know him. He was willing to release everything. To let go, lose it from his mind that he may know him. Knowing. He wants to know Christ. He wants to be intimate with him. He wants to be intimate with him. You know how you, we talked about spending time with God. You know, if we, if we, if we want to bring it back down to a lower level, oftentimes we like to take people back today little first you know your first little love yeah that little you know the one we thought was all this and that and a bag of chips and everything else couldn't wait couldn't wait to to get on the phone or couldn't wait to and sometimes you talk so long you both of you both of you then went to sleep wake back up and still talk did you go to sleep up no baby i was here didn't want to turn it loose. Spent time. Spent time. Couldn't wait to meet one another. Right? Y'all know how it was with that first love. Everybody got their own experience, right? With that first love. Well, see, that's what Paul was saying. I want to know Christ. I want to be intimate with Christ. I wanted to be in a place where I can't wait to get in his presence. I can't wait to, 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 when I sit there and all of a sudden something happens on the inside. And you can feel the love of God. You can feel his arms. It's just, it's like it is so amazing. And the more and more that you spend time with him, the more and more you'll become entwined. You'll lose you and you'll be nothing, it'll be nothing but him. See, we've got to look, get to a place where we want to be pure light. God is light. We don't want to be pure light. Oh, boy, this is rich. 